Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez. On with the show. What it do, Rubies? Welcome back to the room. My name is Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host for the evening. <laughs> you got the upgrade. You like that? How you doing, Eric? Uh, doing great, man. Doing great. I'm finally uh, get the title I feel I deserve. You know? No, I'm just kidding. Nah, we're we're gonna miss Nick today, but uh, we have a good episode for you guys. Um, we're not gonna miss Nick. Yeah, we're not gonna miss. Nick. I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to make him feel better about his situation. But uh, uh, no, nah, I mean I'm all right. You know, I took a bad L this week, but hook him. We made the college football playoff. Everybody better run. Everybody better be scared because we're coming. We're coming for that ass. So let's get into the college football playoff here and then uh, to coincide with that, we'll do the what the fuck headline. But uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah. There's two ways to approach this, right? There's two There's two ways to approach it. And there's the one way to approach it is from the spirit of competition, right? And spirit of what sport is. Mm-hmm. And that's the way almost everyone grew up approaching it. Right. Yeah. You're 13 and 0 football team for a power five conference, which they pretty much made it evident. If you're undefeated, you're going to get the job done. You know, you're going to qualify, get a berth to the college football playoff. Um, that is not the case any longer as Florida state was snubbed to allow Alabama, the sec champ who defeated Georgia by three points uh, into the college football playoff. And then there's the other way to approach it, which is the, business side right Mm -hmm. this is a very much the entertainment side of it espn wanted uh alabama in yeah and that's the moral of the story so the you know the men who compete have competed before as coaches as players as anything else as well as the women on that college football playoff committee uh had to feed the hand that feeds them is what it comes down to. But what are your thoughts on Florida State's now, you know, the the, the prevailing storyline going on right now? What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts are, is it's ridiculous. What is the purpose of playing a regular season if it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the year just because you're down your quarterback? Now, I understand, you know, he – we okay, so – I was reading some of the criteria for for how they decide this, and on their questionnaire, they actually have a slot that talks about injuries, right? The significant key players missing, um, and of course, all of them checked that for Florida State because we all know Jordan Travis, you know, had that terrible injury. But at the same time, you're going to punish all those players for having an undefeated record, a top five, uh, a top five defense in what the FBS, right? They may not have had a great offensive performance against Louisville, but Louisville is a top 10 FBS offense, and they kept them to, what, six points it was, I believe? I can't remember exactly what the score was. Uh, Yeah, it was a double-digit win. They had 16, so yeah, it had to be six. I believe it was six, yeah. So, I mean, dude, 
what's the point of these guys playing all this, all these games all year, staying undefeated, busting their ass just to have it taken away from them simply because the media or ESPN or George Soros, somebody said we need an SEC team in there. Um, it's not fair to them. Uh, Texas beat Bama, so Texas was going to get in on that on that merit alone because we beat the SEC champs, so you can't take us out. But the community really thought it would be best to keep an SEC team in than an ACC team in, and it's disrespectful to athletes all over the world who bust their ass, and it shows them that nothing matters if you don't go play for a program that the media or whoever wants you know to be in the college football playoff. But we're moving to 12 next year, so we'll see. Well, you know, we shouldn't have this issue again, but they'll this, find another way to fuck it up. This year, I completely disagree with what the committee did. Um, but at the end of the day, man, Texas got in, so I don't give a fuck. Washington, you're next. After that, whoever's up after that is next. So we'll see. Yeah, it's just crazy. It, it is. It's crazy because there's people running around saying that Alabama absolutely had to get in, despite Texas beating them, which effectively eliminates them. The one-loss Big 12 champion beat the one-loss SEC champion. Mm -hmm. And that is how it should have gone. But everyone is a slave to the narrative that the SEC is that much better, even though Alabama struggled through all their SEC games and, and they got through with, without losing an SEC game. Yeah. Props to you. But you lost to Texas. Florida State did not lose. The obvious choice was the obvious choice was the three undefeated teams in Texas. They didn't have the stones to do it because everyone sucks the SEC's dick. It's a narrative that has been pushed continually by uh, ESPN, right? Uh, when it comes to bowl season, the SEC teams get beat, <laughs> which is it's comical. It's Alabama and Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. That is the two teams that people are going to bat for. It's not the Southeastern Conference. No one else has been relevant in the SEC since. It's Alabama or Georgia. They try to make LSU a thing. They got waxed by FSU. Yeah, and that's that's. I'm glad you said that. So you look at FSU's uh, record. They um, they knocked off Florida State when they are sorry. They locked off LSU, who has the Heisman winning quarterback. I mean, potentially the Heisman winning quarterback on their team, right? Uh, SEC powerhouse. Traditionally speaking, they're an SEC powerhouse. They were eight and three this year. They lost some tough games. Uh, and then you go and look at Georgia, or sorry, Alabama. And Alabama had two games against teams that were six and six that required miracles for them to win, right? And the only loss Texas had came on a last second touchdown to Oklahoma, which was. We're, we're one incompletion away from being undefeated and all four undefeated teams should have gotten in. So just to look at, just to look at Alabama's resume and say, this is a resume that deserves a college football playoff is disrespectful when they struggled the same way AFSU struggled to beat a top 10 FBS offense in Louisville, right? They struggled, they, they struggled to beat them, but they beat them and they were undefeated. It's not about what you look like doing it. It's about what did you do? And yeah. what they did was win 13 games this year. It's a results-oriented business, and I feel like that is what they threw out the window by picking Alabama. This it's it's crazy. Texas's one loss was on neutral field against their biggest rival, and it was by less than a touch. It was what three points that we lost by? We were up four, and we lost by three because they scored a touchdown. So we lost by three. Mm -hmm. Alabama lost by double digits to the Big Twelve champion at home. Yep, at oh. home. Yep. It wasn't in Daryl K. Royal. It was in Tuscaloosa. It doesn't make sense for people to be beating their chest and saying Alabama apps. You can't leave an SEC team out. Yes, you can. You can. You they didn't qualify. Can. This is this is the spirit of competition. 
But people are slave to the narrative and they gave into it and they, they acquiesced and they desperately wanted Alabama to get in. So uh, just just uh, talking about Alabama really quickly, I, I found the tweet here. Uh, they had a, a late win against a 6-6 six and six team. Uh, they had two late wins against 6-6 six and six teams. They had a three-point win against a 4-8 and eight conference team. Uh, and they lost at home by 10 to Texas. So – Say what you want, Florida State pretty much rolled everybody until the last two games, which they still, you know, you go into the swamp against Florida. Does I don't care about how Florida's playing. That's a giant rivalry matchup in the swamp, and they got it done without their quarterback. And their backup quarterback got a concussion in the game, and they still won. And they still won the game. So, you know, it's disrespectful. It is, it is really, really crazy uh, when you kind of think about it from that perspective. Now, there is a fascinating note. Uh, from Florida State's perspective, Florida State in 1992, uh, Bobby Bowden was on record saying that the easiest path to a national championship was to stay in the ACC. He said it twice uh, when they were going, when they were, when the SEC approached them for them to join the Southeastern Conference. Mm. Bobby Bowden said that twice. <laughs> so I know it's arbitrary to pull a 30 year old st- comment now yeah. and use it as a counterpoint but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least play devil's advocate and hold on before you say anything yeah florida state this offseason tried to raise and get a loan for 120 million dollars now eric would you like to ask me what 120 million dollars could do for florida state sergeant what would 120 million do for him? 120 million dollars is the buyout cost for Florida State to leave the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Oh, man. So, look, and I want to play the devil's advocate. Do I think Alabama and Georgia beat Florida State? Uh, I think they can. I also think Florida State can. This is why we watch sports. If we knew every single outcome of a matchup, yeah then we wouldn't play them. People would be phenomenal betters and Vegas would be out of business. Yeah. But there is a reason why you play the games. 100%. There is a reason why Cincinnati plus 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars with Jake Browning is a crazy line to hear out loud. And then the Bengals winning, winning got it done with Jake Browning looking like a stud, right? There's a reason why you play these football games. If you knew the outcome, there will be no interest. There will be no drama. Whatsoever. It, it's pointless to watch it until the last four games of the year. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's it's pointless to watch then as well because then, even Nobody then, in the perceived notion of Florida State not being able to get it done, not to mention they'd have a month to get this quarterback up to speed, yeah. right, because it's a month from now into the game. Yeah. And they won the ACC championship with our third stringer, not even the dude who would play in the college football playoff. It just – it's it's – it leaves a bad taste from a competitive standpoint, right? When all things are equal, they're still not because there is a narrative that is being a, a publicly, you know, a prevailing narrative that is dominating the forefront of people's thoughts. Yeah. And, and so to speak, there's a couple of things I want to speak to. So first and foremost, um, when it comes to the SEC, we can also blame other teams, including Texas and OU, 
by giving the SEC that sort of by saying, hey, we want to go join them because it's more competitive. We have a better chance at national titles. That just feeds into the media. That just gives the media more. That's not that's not what they went to the Southeastern Conference for. They went to the Southeastern Conference for money. It wasn't about more competitive. It wasn't about getting shots at titles. Do not get mistaken. USC and UCLA did not join the Big Ten for anything other than money because Pac-12 was about to get a shit television contract because nobody stays up late enough to watch Pac-12 football. That is why they moved to the Big Ten. Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 has nothing to do with competitiveness. Has nothing to do with it. Because they are less likely to qualify for a championship now in the Southeastern Conference because they are playing different teams. They are playing teams that prioritize football, that spend money, that have boosters that will pay NIL money. The whole reason Texas and Oklahoma went there is all money. It is because the ESPN sucks Texas's dick. See Longhorn Network. I totally understand that. If anyone wants to – I'm on board. It should have been the Big 12 Network. I agree with everything. They suck Texas's dick, and they suck the Southeastern Conference's dick. Combine them together, it's less dick for them to suck. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I get the money aspect of it. And, yeah, every it's capitalism. It's the United States of America. These are these, – these boosters, these, these, these clubs are they're, – they're there to make money, right? So I get all that. But in the spirit of competition, let's leave the money out of it. The SEC is kind of where you want to be for a little bit tougher competition, more – I'd say more balanced, tougher competition. There's good teams in the Big 12. There's good teams in the Pac-12. Clearly, Oregon and Washington all year, USC. You know, there's competition everywhere. Um, Pac-12 was the best conference this year. It was. But going back to uh, Florida State, that Rodemaker kid was the 27th ranked prospect coming out of high school, right? So what are we telling? What are we? What are we telling? Like, what's the value of having a twenty seventh ranked prospect if the committee's going to look at it and be like, "Well, we don't care. He hasn't done anything, right?" And I get he hasn't done anything, but he won two games. He won two games. He won an ACC title, and he won against the Florida Gators in the swamp. Those are huge matchups. And if he's a twenty seventh ranked prospect coming in out of high school, he didn't play the ACC championship game. He was concussed. Oh yeah, that other kid played. Oh yeah, I want. I want to know what that other kid. What did he throw? Like fifty yards that game. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but they would have had Rodemaker back. And the kid exactly what I'm saying. The kid would have proven the kid proved himself against Florida. I don't care. That's a that's a power five conference. It's an SEC team, multiple national titles, history of great football. And I mean, we're we've exhausted it. We've been on this for 15 minutes, but it's just let's get into the what the fuck headline. It just it it defeats the spirit of competition. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a Florida State kid, what am I supposed to do? There's nothing they can do. They're like, what are they? What else could they have possibly done? You imagine being the stud defensive end or the stud cornerback on that team, and they just pretty much said you weren't good enough, dude. If you're that 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 receiver that they got from Michigan State's a fifth year senior, he's leaving. Um, Keon, they got the Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman. They got the two uh, defensive linemen that are projected to be, you know, day one or day two picks. These guys are all seniors. This is it for them. They don't get another chance at this, and they've been there at that program. Well, no. The quarterback and the wide receiver transferred, but the D linemen, they were there and they put in the time and they built that program up and they they got what's his name? Norval. I can't remember his name, but yeah, Mike. What's Nobel. his first Mike Norval? Okay. They got, you know, he came into the program and said he was gonna turn around and got them in the national title. Got them in national title, you know. They did what they were supposed to do. Contention for it is what I'm they, trying to say. They they did what everyone said you're supposed to do, and then they looked at them and said, No, you aren't 
so and so. They did everything right just to have it taken away from them. Yep. Yeah. Life isn't fair. Football is a business, and it's no longer about competition. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, so here's our headline. Uh, still staying in the college football world. Dead Longhorn found at Oklahoma State frat before Big 12 title game. Yeah, so go, go ahead and read it, and then we'll get into the comments. Uh, so basically, uh, police found uh, a dead Longhorn at a fraternity in Oklahoma State. Um, it was uh, – they had some expletives written on it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're investigating it. Um, they're going to consider it animal cruelty, which is actually a felony. Uh, the fraternity has said they are going to defer – all matters leave it in the police hands. No statements have been made outside of that. Um, but it was a carcass, and I don't know what the expert have read. Do you know what the expert have read? Jermaine? I didn't look into it. Okay. I was so pissed I didn't look into it. Yeah. Just and that that's where the commentary comes from. The expletive expletive was carved into the animal. Yeah. As well as the stomach being cut open. Um so <laughs> look, the at the Oklahoma State, they are called the Cowboys. Yeah. Oklahoma and Texas fight over a cowboy hat. Those are two very much states in, in, intrinsically entrenched in cowboy lore and what it means to be a cowboy. And the steer or a longhorn is like sacred to cowboys, right? You're supposed to, you're supposed to be the shepherd. You're supposed to be the person who takes care of them. So – from that perspective, it was very upsetting to see that a, a an innocent animal lost its life because uh, I don't know some dudes decided to get drunk, um, and then it also it's just not in keeping with how people view those animals in that region of the country. Yeah. Right. So just on a multi-fold platform, I was so I, – I was literally – I've never been so disgusted from a story, you know, that involved college football before like this. Yeah. And I, I just could not believe it. So I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you give your thoughts on, on what it was. But I, from that perspective, I was blown away So from a Texan slash cowboy. Yeah, like, where, where ranching is a giant part of the culture, giant part of the history – um, my take on it is this. Why? What's the point of that? What does that prove? That doesn't send a message to us. And secondly, by no, I eat meat. I love steaks. I love burgers. I love brats, all that shit. But I will say this. Animals that die for humans to have sustenance to like for us to live. I get that. But to just kill a poor cow. I mean, I know that, you know, they don't, you know, they don't talk. They, we don't know if they feel pain or whatever. They absolutely feel pain. I'm sure they They're do. Living. But they killed this animal for no reason other than a shit talking method or whatever. What would you want to call it? Intimidation? Like, it doesn't make sense to me why you had to go and do that. Why don't you just talk shit like the normal people do? You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, I just had a blast in Minnesota where the fans were shit talking me the whole time. So I started shit talking back. And I was, my team was getting their ass kicked. But that's how you, that's how you handle, uh, sports like it's not like i've never i look i got i wear an eagle i wear a philadelphia sporting teams uh a piece of apparel for one of the sporting teams every day i love these teams right but at the end of the day i'm not going to commit a felony for these fucking teams also like it didn't gain them anything. you don't gain if, anything. If, you're not getting paid by the organization you're not getting paid by 
anybody to do this. This is a stupid act. It's a selfish act. It's a horrendous act, and it's a very and it's it's a crime. Not it's only that, crime. it's gonna ruin some kid's life. He's gonna well, it's kids or kids. Yeah, I mean, he'll never be able to adopt a dog or anything with animal cruelty. And so let's say this kid grows up, he has a kid. He's gonna go to jail. They yeah. have the proof. <laughs> like, yeah. They have the carcass. Like, yeah. a cow doesn't get an expletive carved into it. Just you know, because yeah. of of wind patterns, Eric. It's no, not a naturally I occurring event. I guess kid's life is ruined for a Big Twelve championship. But this also, that his team didn't even show up in. Yeah, they got blasted. But also, this just just goes to show that people, this like nowadays, people really don't think about the consequences of their actions, and nobody ever wants to take accountability anymore. I hope this kid steps up and takes accountability for what he did. No way he's going. Of course to. he's not. He's, he's a fucking Oklahoma out. State fan. He's a pussy. He's gonna get ratted out. Yeah. I, it, look, it is just it's absolutely bonkers that this was like the tactic, right? I I can understand taking a pipe to your competitor's knee to win a gold medal. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> maybe uh, from at, at least that had an impact. Yeah. At, you least, know what I mean? at least, at least at what le- you're doing is directly affecting your competition. At, at least it's directly resulting in a W. Now, yeah. is there some shenanigans afoot with that as well? Sure. Maybe. But from that perspective, I'm like, okay, well, she's doing something to guarantee a dub, right? Yeah. This has no impact on anything or anyone at all other than to piss people off yeah in both communities this is not a, a texas longhorns outrage i'm sure oklahoma state's entire fan base was pissed the fuck off now what i'm curious as is you've been to texas i don't know if you've driven through oklahoma there's ranch land everywhere so what i think happened is these kids just hopped the fence somehow they lured a cow out killed it loaded it up into their truck dragged it out carved it out and threw it you know threw it on the lawn Shouldn't the owner the, – the cows have tags, right, all of them? Yeah. Shouldn't that guy have some sort of say and be like, hey, you stole a fucking 20000 I don't know how much a cow costs. I'm a ballpark. No. $20,000 cow for If me. it's a prized bull as well that you use to breed your oh, your your calf and litter. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I'm finally putting on my Texas hat on this. Yeah. But if it's a prized bull that you use to breed your females, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It's so much more money. Like it's like because that is how you you ensure the quality of cow for future generations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you keep the that, ones and keep that the could be a huge issue. And Oklahoma, Oklahoma, the, all, like a large part of their economy is predicated on ranching. Yeah. So I could not imagine Oklahoma State fans were you know, thrilled. The more I talk about it, the more I think this guy should get the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going with that. I'm not going with that. Like, I really don't even. I don't want them to see jail time. But the, you know, it's already not nah, fuck that. They Take already the have the accountability. Yeah, People I, accountability. Look, that's true. In today's society, you should absolutely have accountability. Mm-hmm. All right, we spent enough time on this. What the fuck headline? Let's go ahead and get into the head to head. But before we do that, um, yeah, let's get into head to head. Get into it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, here we go. Last week was week 47. Oh, lost any time. Touchdown. Tough week for all of us. Well, three of us. Uh, Jermaine went 0 3. Man, if, if fucking Bijan would have just caught that. Dude, you scored eight. Hill and Monty scored what in the first five minutes of the game? I know. I should have put Rashad White with Hill and Monty, dude. Dude, that would have been sick. Um, and then fucking Louisville and Georgia just really fucked everything up for you. But you're uh, 49, 85, and 1. Uh, down 9.8 units. You uh, made a little late, uh, you know, made a little headroom there, but fell back a little bit. 
Uh, Nick, 0-3. It's nothing new. It's pretty much the standard for him at this point. Uh, 44-90-2 and two on the season, down 10.1 units. He is now in last place as far as units are concerned. Uh, I went 2-1. and one. Uh, I think I should start sticking to NBA bets from here on out. But 50-85 uh, on the season, up 2.5 units. And Nevada went 1-2, and two, putting him at 49-83-1, down 4.3 units. Uh, Nevada, when you hear this episode, I want you to know that you should only put uh, NHL bets in. I went through and uh, I was going to do this for everybody. I only was able to finish uh, Nevada, but he has a higher hit percentage on hockey bets than he does any other sport. I will get these numbers for everybody at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, we don't want those numbers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bet. bet. You don't get them then. Uh, you suck at every sport, Jermaine. <laughs> it's all bad, dude. All bad. Why, why do you keep taking it off? Let's go ahead and get into pop culture. I don't know. I just keep doing it out of uh, habit. Uh, pop culture, pick them. Top five sports moments you've seen live or in person, uh, in person or on TV. So uh, no Nick today. We're going to do this one pretty quickly. Jermaine, you have the first pick. Go ahead and take it away. I mean, the number one pick here is onside kick in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Saints onside kick, you know, versus the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl is absolutely the best. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind thought that that was going to happen. And the, when it happened, people were still shocked he did it. You know, there was like, there was a feeling in the stadium after the Saints had recovered the onside kick. Like, what the fuck just happened? I remember that Super Bowl because my dad, uh, we were grilling for that, and my mom wanted something that we forgot at the store, something that nobody else wanted, right? My mom wanted it. Our dad loves my mom, so he goes to get it, and he calls me, and he's like, Eric, let me know when uh, you know, when we're getting close to the halftime being over because I want to be back for that. So let me know when the halftime show ends so I can just cut it short and come back. I text him. There was an accident on the road on the way back from – from no from uh the store and you you've you've been to my hood back in the day it's one street in and one street out into the, into it's the gotten hills. much better it's gotten much better but back then it was one street in one street out so my dad had to sit in traffic and i tell you that uh i told him there was an onside kick coming out of half he was like no fucking way no coach is right man would do this and i was like he did and it paid off and uh i'll never forget that but for my first pick sticking to Kind of the similar uh, topic here, uh, the Philly special in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right on par. We had a huge party at my house for that Super Bowl. Like we had. Were you already out of AZ? No, it was a, no, not for Philly. For the Saints. Oh, for the Saints. For yeah, the Saints. Yeah. We had chairs everywhere. Yeah. And I'm running through my house, which has a good pattern to run through. And I'm just yelling like, what the fuck? Because there was no way it should have happened. The, the Philly special play was nice, but it's not the onside kick. <laughs> Man. Both had significant. Bro, it is not the same thing to to throw a pass to a quarterback than to kick an onside kick in the Super Bowl. A backup quarterback in a Super Bowl? It okay. is not the same thing. I'm going to put it up there, but that's because I'm biased. So the, If your quarterback was wide open, you should throw him that fucking rock. They should have played better defensive yeah, I'm just saying it's not the same thing. You got to man up and put somebody on a QB, dude. It is not the same thing. We will put a poll out to the masses. So those of you who are listening right now, let us know which play is is – be maybe not better, but which one takes more stones to call? Oh, the onside kick coming out of half takes That's more what stones I'm saying. to call. 100%. For sure. But I, honestly, dude, the stakes are high. It's the fucking Super Bowl for both of these that's games. Why, right? That's why we're comparing. So I think, I think the stakes are, are equally high. I think, yeah, onside kicks are less. Yeah, you're right. 
I'll give, I'll give you that because you got to look at the conversion the rate sex, for onside kicks. The, what is it, like the sex, the sex. No, yeah, the success rate of onside kicks, and it, now it's even less. But back then it was probably one in five, and that might be way too high. That's way too high. I've <laughs> seen five onside kick recoveries in my life. <laughs> That's exactly okay. So uh, you act. Weird. I was about to pick. I was about to pick UConn versus North Carolina after this shenanigans. Oh, uh, dude! Just honestly, to be spiteful. Dude. I'm not gonna pick it now, but just to be spiteful, I had the uh, I had the uh, Stefan Diggs. Just to fuck with you, I was gonna say the Stefan Diggs. Uh, dude, no, I do. I do not care about the Minnesota Vikings or the Minneapolis Miracle. That game. They changed the rule that year. Yeah. And the reason why Marcus Williams went to hit the way he did is because you can't hit defenseless receivers anymore. Yeah. It's a great play for Minnesota. It resulted in nothing. <laughs> if you want to say anything that will piss me off, bring up the Rams pass interference play. Oh, uh, the one on uh yeah. yeah. That is so much more egregious than the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. The, they scored seven points after that play. So, like, fuck off. I, that played has no bearing or impact on me. Cool. Boy, I'm glad to hear that because if something like that happened against me with Philly, oh, boy. Bro, you'd lose your head. I'd never bounce back from it, dude. You'd lose your head. I haven't bounced back from Sunday yet. It's fucking Tuesday and I'm fucking depressed still. But anyway, uh, next pick, I'm going to go with uh, – I have a long list here. I'm going to go with Pavard's crazy goal in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, that was one of mine. So, I had that for five, though. Uh, yeah, though, so since Eric doesn't want to give any context, I'll go ahead and do it here. Oh, it was round of 16. France was taking on Argentina in the 2018 World Cup. Uh, go figure, since they did rematch in the final of the 2022 World Cup. Uh, Benjamin Pavard, uh, a bouncing ball crossing is crossed from the other side. It bounces on the ground, and it's up in air. On a volley strike, Benjamin Pavard hits this thing on a line 35 40 yards and he strikes top left corner it's an, it wins goal of the tournament for the 2018 world cup yeah france ends up beating argentina 4-3 in another classic which is ironic that we i don't know if we took the over in the france argentina game in the 2020 in 2022 we, we should have because the old it was 4-3 yeah uh and and this new one ended up being was it 4-4 four, four? Four, or 3-3? Four, 3-3 three, three? Three, three with penalties. 3-3 three, three with penalties? Yeah. I mean, those two teams, instant classic when it comes to World Cup. So that's a fantastic goal. That's on my list. It was on my list. Nice. Um, here I'll go. I got to get one back, so I know you won't pick these other ones. I'm going to go ahead and take Mbappe's hat trick in the 2022 World Cup. Um. I mean, talk about a, a singular Herculean performance in 120 minutes of soccer. Yeah. And it it was so – it was such – it was the grandest stage of sport. It was the world all tuned in at once. It was such a raucous occasion. Like, I don't think that moment can be topped, you know, sports-wise unless – like from a from an unbiased standpoint, right, and I am biased on that, but – from a scale and scope and and impact of what that game was, like I don't know if you, you you'd have to go through, and it, it can only be Super Bowls, it can only be Game Sevens, it can only be national championship 
you know, runs. It, it, like it can only be something that big. And even then, is it even that big? Because the World Cup, those World Cup Nothing ratings, as big as the World Cup. Those ratings. I mean, one point five billion people tuned in. The world. Nice. You know what I mean? Like an eighth plus of the world was watching at that moment. One point so, five. Yeah, exactly. And it's what, 8 billion in the world? It's probably more now with all the bursts and stuff. But like, that is so crazy to me. So I'm going to go with that hat trick in the World Cup. Again, it was was a young goat taking on now who many say is the goat. I'm not on that train, uh, but that's just. People are saying he's the goat? Well, you know what? Let's not get into it. Messi is, they say Messi's the goat. Oh, Messi. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Again, you got to listen. (laughs) <laughs> no, I just we went from Mbappe to talk about, and then I just I said it was a young goat versus who people consider the goat. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then I'll go Alvin Kamara six touchdowns on Christmas, wearing the Grinch uh, cleats that the NFL fined him for. Uh, that's an iconic moment because it was in an empty stadium. Yeah. Right. And Alvin Kamara is going off for six touchdowns and these mismatch cleats. The NFL's losing their fucking mind because he can't wear Christmas colors because the mm. Saints are black and gold. Um, and it was just uh, tr- something truly special. It's NFL on Christmas, empty stadium, six touchdowns. Like, I mean, that's just bonkers to me. When you actually like scope it out, like mm. that the odds are are <laughs> it's almost like one of those major league baseball stats. Yeah. No, dude. That, yeah, it was. It was. That was a crazy game, and I wish the NFL would stop fucking harassing these players and just let them express themselves. Those cleats were dope as shit, bro. It's so crazy to not let these players show personality. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, man. You just got a bunch of old fucking hillbillies fucking own every team and shit. But uh, with my third pick, oh man, I'm gonna go. Simply because he had the audacity to do it in a championship game. I'm going to go with Ronaldo's bicycle kick against Juve in the UCL final. That shit was wild. So uh, I love that Ronaldo made this list because one of my honorable mentions, and I'll just go ahead and give it here, is the Ronaldo header that you said wasn't impressive. That's on my list too because it is impressive. It's a 13-foot header, dude. You okay. said it wasn't impressive. I know, but I, I've just – I, dude, my natural instinct is just to hate on anything. So I have to reel it back in sometimes and then actually understand the significance of it. The fact that he did that in a game, like just for everything to line up, he jumped, he jumped, he jumped so high to get that dude. It was old man Ronaldo too. This was not, this was not young man Ronaldo. And what people don't understand is when you do a header, normally it's coming like this and you have to get like a, a good portion on your head on it to control the direction. That means this man was 13 feet high in the air and he hit it down into the corner, which means he got the majority of his head on it, which is just crazy. Yeah, it's it's it is. I mean, what the NBA in the NBA? How high is a rim? Ten, ten feet, right? Yeah. So my man's was head and shoulders above. above an, he was eye level, damn near eye level with the top of the backboard <laughs> to hit this ball into the net, and I had to sit here. Just, I had to defend the greatness of this play to you when it happened. I was just hating, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never forgiven Ronaldo for beating France in the Euro. <laughs> I will never forgive him for that. I don't he care how great hurt. he is. He was hurt. Fucking crying on the sun. <laughs> he, was, right. he didn't even finish the game. He got hurt. And you still blaming him. That's funny as fuck. Uh, and then number four, you know where I'm going with this. 
Uh, Vince Young. Vince Young, baby. Vince Young in the Rose Bowl. Vince Young, Rose Bowl against? It's the greatest college football game US least. I've ever seen. And, again, bias there. Uh, but I think that's the greatest college football game ever played. You had two Heismans on one side. You had the guy who sh- probably should have won the Heisman that year. You know, fed up. You had the clash of Titans between USC. You know, that liner Reggie Bush team was special. And then you just had Vince Young oh. just put on what he did all year long to get that. Vince game. Young won that game for them, right? Because he he he. You can tie everything back to something Vince Young did: the third and ten run, yeah, a third and eight completion, the fourth and one touchdown in the corner. You can tie it all back to Vince Young. My favorite memory, just because. I'm just I, – I hated USC, but it was that stupid fucking Reggie Bush fumble that cost him the national title. I'm so happy Reggie Bush lost his team the national title by doing that fumble. Yeah, and then he got him vacated anyways. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so That's bullshit, what, but yeah. What, yeah, I mean, I don't think that should have happened. But it's funny. Because of my hate for Reggie Bush and USC, I could never get on board with Reggie Bush being on the Saints. <laughs> being on the Saints. Yeah. Uh, so I'll round out my next picks here. Um I'm going to go ahead and say God calling timeout in game seven of the Cubs World Series. Um, that's how I affectionately refer to that game seven uh, because there was a rain delay that paused play, which made me sit there in even more agony. We ran and got beer. Remember, we had we had deleted all the beers, and then we were like, fuck, we're not going to have more beers for the last inning. And then the rain delay happened. We were like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, I went to get beer, but doesn't mean I was in, in the, you know, doesn't mean that's where my head was at. In body, I was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? In mind and spirit, I was somewhere else. I was, God, I was said, God said, sprinkle, sprinkle, get your shit together, Chicago. I was, yeah, exactly. God called timeouts so the Cubs could win a World Series. Hey. And then uh, the very, so this is down to two basketball plays, and I'll take the more recent one. Yeah. I'm going to take Derrick Rose's dunk on Goran Dragic. Um, that was filthy. I don't want to talk about Derrick Rose no more, though. That's fine. So go ahead. That was filthy, though. Uh, I have a bunch on my list here. I'm going to stay away from my NBA one uh, because it's pretty generic. And I'm going to go with something that touches really close to home. It was a big game for us. Deshaun Jackson's last-second punt return touchdown against the Giants. Long oh, the miracle return. at MetLife. Yeah, dude. Oh, th- right. Miracle in the Meadowlands is what they called it? Meadowlands, yeah. Uh, yeah, New Jersey was never the same. I love taking that dig at New York. Because I think a majority of New York sports teams play in New Jersey. Uh, football, right? I know the NBA team. Jets and Giants for sure. Yeah, I know the Madison NBA teams Square Garden are in, actually in New York and Brooklyn. Uh, uh, baseball is now officially in New York. All of it, right? Because I know Yankee Stadium's always been in New York. But uh, what's it called? The Mets played in Jersey for a while, didn't they? They got a new. They got a new field. Is it still City Field? Do the Mets still play I at? I thought City it field? was City Field. Mets Stadium, City Field. Yeah, it's in Queens. Yep, Queens. Mm-hmm. That's what they are—a bunch of Queens that can't win a World. Yeah, Series. maybe it's just the football teams I like to make fun of. Either way, it's fucking hysterical. Well, they should like, just be called the New Jersey Giants. And that's New what Jersey I'm saying. They should bullshit. be. They should be. And it shouldn't be the fucking Arizona Cardinals. It should be the Glendale Cardinals. And it shouldn't be the Dallas Cowgirls. It should be the Fort Worth or the Arlington Cowgirls. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just get uh, real fucking. Just get real petty with everything. Because yeah. I, you know, what's funny is a lot of teams don't play in like the city that they rep. What's is- what is it? A New England? That it's not even a place on a map. 
Uh, I know what it's an area. It's a shot at it's a shot at England every time we win the Super Bowl. Hey. Honorable <laughs> mention Tony Kukoc diving out of bounds to save the basketball, rolls it towards their offensive basket. Scotty Pippen streaking down the sideline, scoops the ball, yams it home. It was a playoff game, so that was pretty fucking sick. Um, you know, there, there's just been fantastic finishes. Watching the SDSU hit that hit that game winning shot to to make it to the uh, NCAA uh, mm-hmm. championship game at Petco yep. was something awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Watching on the big screen with all the San Diego dude, that that's uh, actually. I didn't even think to put it on the list because I have no real attachment to UCSD, but that was a great fucking moment to be in that stadium with all those fans. And we they had it on the Jumbotron and to see it all was pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, I mean, you got all the shots in basketball, right? Like Kyrie Irving, LeBron in the 2016 final. So, you got to give them so props I, on I that. I put the 3-1 comeback on there. I put the shot in the block. Kevin Durant. Um you know, splashing on the cabs uh, after I missed Kyle Korver three. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, I have Ray Allen's step back. Ray Allen three. for the Heat. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anything Robert Ory did his entire career. Any anything Robert Ory did is a perfect answer. Uh, Derek Fisher's point .4, four, which now we know uh, you can get a shot off you, in point four seconds. That is literally the least amount of time that you can get. If it's point three, you will not score. If it's point four, <laughs> ball is still you hand. literally have to like, boop, like poke it in, or else it's not gonna happen. I don't know how he got that off, man. I still don't think he got it off. I don't know. I I'm not I'm not gonna take that away from him. That's I'm not in the business of doing that. Um, you know, I didn't really watch this, but going back and reliving it, the Bills losing four straight Super Bowls is just mythical. Yeah. It's all. It's like the best dynasty that never was. Like they're not mentioned as one of the best football teams. They ran the AFC for four years. Hey, Amen. Right. Like for That's four so straight crazy. years, they won the AFC championship and were in the Super Bowl. And if they didn't, if they didn't have the Minnesota Vikings kicking blues, then you know what I mean. Or the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks seem to miss all the time. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Yeah. Another another team with the infamous kicking woes. The double doink. Um. Yeah, those are just some of the things that pop, pop in my head. Uh, I had you know a, a lot of my stuff is just stuff that touches close to home. So the AI, uh, Tyron Lue step over. Uh, I can't. I'll never ever in my life. I get dementia. I get Alzheimer's. I will not forget that moment. Uh, and then Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick's uh their first game against Washington. Um, you know that fucking eighty yard bomb from Vick to. Front to Jason Jackson is still one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Like, it looked like Flick just, uh, Vic just flicked it, dude. Like, he just bloop, and it just went <laughs> 70 yards downfield. It was bonkers. All right, so we still got a little bit to get into. That wraps up PCP. I had the Saints onside kick in the Super Bowl. Uh, and the yeah, Eric took that off the screen. Oh. So let me go pull that <laughs> My bad. I know you were looking at it. Mbappe hat trick in 2022 World Cup. Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns. Game seven, Cubs World Series. God called timeout. Derek Rose, dunk on Dragic. Uh, you had the Philly special in the Super Bowl uh, for Eric Pavard's goal in the 2018 World Cup versus Argentina. Ronaldo's bicycle kick in the UCL versus Juve. Was it versus Juve? Yeah, he was with Real, right? That's one. He, he was around. with Real, and it was against Juve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince Young Rose Bowl against USC. Deshaun Jackson walk off punt return versus the New York Giants. Yeah. 
All right, let's go ahead and get into the NBA Cup. NBA Cup. All right, so uh, I was—I just want to give you a quick rundown of how the tournament played out, and then we can get into the elimination stage. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, Group A, the Lakers won that group. Uh, four wins, zero losses on a plus 74-point differential. That group was the Lakers, Suns, Jazz, Trailblazers, and Grizzlies. The Suns actually got the wild card. There was one wild card from each uh, conference. From each, each conference, each yeah, each conference. Each side, yeah. So uh, the Suns actually got that car, that with a three and one uh, record. The Minnesota Timberwolves could have got the wild card for the Western Conference. They were three and one, but they had an even point differential. Yeah, so that's that yeah the point differential. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, moving into Group B, uh, the Pelicans won that group three one with a plus thirty three point differential. It was also the Rockets, Mavericks, Nuggets, and Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, Nuggets, and Mavericks all finished – or actually the Clippers finished one and three. Nuggets and Mavericks finished two and two, as well as the Rockets. Um, that is not how I thought that group was going to go. <laughs> uh, the third Western Conference table, uh, which is Group C, uh, the Kings won 4-0 with a plus 30-point differential. Uh, in that group was the Timberwolves 3-1, Warriors 2-2, Thunder 1-3, and the Spurs – with all their Wimbenyama 0 and 4. That was an outstanding group to watch, though. It those was. those games with Oklahoma City and the Warriors and the the Timberwolves Warriors, the Timberwolves Thunder, those were all fantastic games to watch. Yeah. Uh, and and the Kings were head and shoulders above them all in that in that group. They were. Um we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh the uh for the East now, group A, uh Pacers, Cavaliers, 76ers, Hawks, Pistons, Pacers 1-4-0. Uh, they won that group plus 39 point differential. Uh, no wild card out of that one. Uh, group B, the Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Hornets, Wizards. The Bucks went 4 0 plus 39 point differential. They won that group. The wild card does come out of Group B. It is the New York Knicks at 3 1 with a plus 42 point differential. Uh, the Cavaliers were 3 1, but they only had a plus 29 point differential, which is why uh, the Knicks got it. And then for Group C, we have the Celtics, Magic, Nets, Raptors, Bulls. Uh, Celtics went three and one with a plus twenty-seven point differential. Magic also went three and one, uh, but they only had a plus twenty-two, so they did not get the wild card. Setting up a uh, Pacers, Celtics, Bucks, Knicks for the Eastern Conference quarterfinals, and for the Western Conference quarterfinals, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans, and we began group play. Or I'm sorry, eliminations, knockout stage play last night. Jermaine, I'll let you take it from here. I'm going to present on the screen so you can talk about it. Yeah, so that Celtics winning that group uh, over the Magic actually took – so they, the Celtics' last game in that group was against the Chicago Bulls. They needed to beat the Chicago Bulls by 23 points or more. Uh, and the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bulls put up little to no resistance. They ended up losing that game by 27, which I believe is the exact point differential that the Celtics had, right? Uh, Celtics had uh, – let me tell you, let me tell you. 20 that doesn't make sense hold on 27 yeah exactly so exact they had the exact point differential from what they beat the chicago bulls as uh that's i just wanted to spotlight the ineptitude of my team <laughs> even though they're on two game win streak what what uh so that brings us to our elite eight for those of you who are into the march madness um that sets us up with a Lakers Suns matchup. It sets us up with a Kings Pelicans matchup. That sets us up with a Bucks Knicks matchup, and that sets us up with a Pacers Celtics matchup. Uh, today is Tuesday, December fifth. 
Uh, we watched the first quarterfinal matchups yesterday, which consisted of the two and two versus three matchups. You had the Celtics take on the Pacers. You had the Pelicans take on the Kings. The New Orleans Pelicans were blitzed out the gate by the home crowd and the Sacramento Kings and were down 15 in the first quarter. Battled back in that immediate quarter to be down two at at the end of the first 12 minutes, the first frame, as some would say. Uh, and then the Pelicans proceeded to put it on the Sacramento Kings. They've just out-toughed them all over the floor. The Pelicans have uh, a bevy of length at all positions. That seems to be very, very frustrating. Um, depending on what they get out of Zion Williamson here forward, because he does look entirely out of shape. Charles Barkley even addressed it on the TNT halftime show yesterday. Uh, he looks out of shape. I know that that is an issue that's going on. And the, just my perception from watching him play is he either, if he's not out of shape, he's hurt and nobody's telling you anything. Uh, the other matchup that happened yesterday was the red hot Indiana Pacers who are on, on pace offensively to set a league best offensive rating at 128 point something, some change, right? I think it's going to be the best ever in NBA history. Uh, it's how hot they are offensively. Take on the Boston Celtics, who many believe are one of the favorites to win it all this year. This matchup, you know, despite the Kings never really able get, to get back into it, that matchup was good. But this Pacers-Celtics matchup was back and forth, ebbs and flows, Tough shot making, a great basketball. They legitimately played defense, which is not something that I could say of the Indiana Pacers all season long. Um, and it, this game, all it, it what it proved to me was that NBA teams are not trying during the regular season. To to add a little context to what you just said, the Indiana Pacers. I'm like, guess what their defensive ranking is this year. Their defensive ranking this year? Yeah. Well, considering that uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who I've been told is good at defense, has a defensive Wrong. rating 120.6, uh -huh. I'm going to go ahead and say that their defensive rating is 122. It's So they're ranked 28th with 120.2. Oh, I should have stuck yeah. with my Tyrese Halliburton stats. Now, we did discuss uh, – we, sorry, we did discuss the top teams here. Uh, for defense, me and you the other day, who do you think the top two are? The top two defensive teams? Yeah. As far the, as – I'm going based off a of defensive rating because it encapsulates everything. Yeah, the defensive rating. Yeah. So I'm going Minnesota Timberwolves. One, yep, correct. 106.7. And, man, the guards on this team have been playing some outstanding defense mm -hmm. and – and I know that they have been good defensively, so I'm going to say the Orlando Magic. Four at 109.3. Ah. I'll let you guess again. But good shit on on Orlando. So, yeah, the guards have been outstanding. And Jonathan Isaac is playing again, who is just a defensive just, just menace. I want to say I want to say the Oklahoma City Thunder then. They're fifth at 109.5. Oh, man. my boy. Dude, there's some young squad. So oh, I'll give you this. Orlando four, Oklahoma City five, Houston six. Yeah, that makes sense. Dylan Brooks came in. Uh, Ime Adoka came in, which is an even bigger addition to Dylan Brooks. I, I don't want to slander Dylan Brooks. Like he, 
That dude competes on defense, and I love he runs to see his mouth it. And he's a scared little bitch after he loses, but he does compete his ass off. <laughs> he, he does plays. compete, and he's not scared of anyone. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's not surprising. And Ime is a fantastic defensive coach. Fantastic. So that's six. So, so it's not the Magic. It's not the Thunder. I might not get this. Um, you want me to just give it to you? I'll give you one more. Give, try. give me one second. Let yeah. me let me try this. The two and three teams are a big rivalry. So, I so I, I I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's the teams that I think it is. Is it Knicks Celtics? Exactly. It's Boston's it. two Celtics. Uh, Boston's two Knicks are three. Okay. Yeah. So the Celtics took kind of a hit because uh, Christoph Porzingis has already missed some time. Stop me if you heard that before. <laughs> Um, and then the Knicks with Tom Thibodeau, right? Fantastic defensive coach. You just know that they're going to bring their hard hats to to, to lunch. Um, no, this has been a great season of basketball so far. Uh, the NBA Cup has been fantastic. I wish they would stop calling it the in-season tournament and just call it the NBA Cup. Yeah. Um, or don't call it the NBA Cup and just call it the NBA in-season tournament. But the NBA Cup has a is a better ring. It's quicker to say. It's easier to type. Like, in-season tournament is awful. Whoever thinks that that is good branding is crazy. And and Eric and I talked about this just like with UEFA, right? It's U, the UEFA uh, what Ch- it, Champions League. F, isn't it Emirates Champions League or or is no, it the, the Emirates, Emirates FA, FA Cup. Cup? And then there's the there's a couple of them, but yes, they all have a sponsor who. So just put the NBA uh, Verizon Cup, dude. Or, crypto.com Arena or Crypto.com NBA Cup. Crypto.com is out of business. Eric. That's why we should do it. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. The fact that they still have an arena name ridiculous, is dude. so funny. Bring back staples. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, Pacers beat the Celtics. Pelicans beat the Kings, as we already discussed. The other two matchups going on tonight mm-hmm. are going to be Milwaukee versus the Knicks. I don't know why I, I used mascot and city. That's just how it goes. And then it's going to be the Lakers versus Phoenix. I just kept the trend. Yeah. Um, who do you got winning the Lakers-Suns matchup? Do we know who's in for the Listen, Suns? There's money on the line. It's LeBron's going to win this game by 50. Yeah, is there are the Suns even healthy? Uh, I do got odds here. So, um, damn it, I had the NBA Cup odds up. But let's do game lines. So the Knicks are five point dogs, and the Lakers are one and a half point favorites against Phoenix. So Phoenix is one point five dogs. Wow. <laughs> Phoenix is 1.5 dogs. 1.5 dogs, yes. So Bradley Beal's out and Gabe Vincent's out for mm-hmm. uh, injury report. Game time decisions for Phoenix are Eric Gordon for the Lakers. This is so stupid because it's they're not missing. It's it's Vanderbilt, Hachimura, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. Yeah, because any one of those guys is missing <laughs> the NBA Cup fucking semi or quarterfinals. LeBron and AD are not missing. Maybe one of those two other. thousand online, dude. LeBron will. <laughs> Fucking leave his family for this shit, bro. <laughs> bro, like there's no chance. So uh, LA minus uh, 1.5. So Katie and Devin Booker. Uh, this is going to be in uh, Crypto.com. Uh, the artist formerly known as Staples. <laughs> That's how I'm going to refer to that stadium from now on. Uh, I think smart money is to ride LeBron and AD on this one. They plus 73 was their differential in the group stage. Um they were struggling at the very beginning of the season because they had injuries. They were still working out the rotation, still trying to figure out minutes and all that, right? They bounced back. Lakers are – I believe they were five or six games above 500 right now, so it, it's neither here nor there. 
Uh, I could actually look it up too. So they're the 12, 12, and 12 and nine, and the Suns are 12 and eight. Um, so that you know, both really, really good teams. I, I'm just gonna go with LeBron and AD, um, just because of how dominant they were in the actual NBA Cup. It seems like the Lakers are getting up for this, and then <laughs> you got to feel for the guys who are sitting on the end of the bench who aren't playing. But five hundred thousand is like <laughs> is a hundred percent increase on their year salary. Dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they're they're hoping they're hoping somebody. Uh, Steps up and wins them so they can get that money, dude. So I, I, I would say Lakers spread over 231. I think that a lot of points are – actually, no, teams are trying now. We're not – it's not just regular season Yeah, but hoops. if you look at yesterday's games, they both – regardless of how much they're trying, they're still high offenses. They're high offensive games. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll do over 231. And I think KD and LeBron do something special tonight. So it's, I think that's must-see TV. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the Knicks-Bucks here. Uh, give us the odds. Uh, the New York Knicks are – or sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks are five-point favorites. The over-under set at 229.5. Uh, Bucks money line minus 192. Knicks money line plus 160. Um, I, I just I just want to give you a real quick – remember I told – we said the Knicks were a top four or top three defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind if you're going to bet this game. No, I, yeah, that's a foreshadowing. So I'm taking Knicks plus five here and Knicks money line. Same. Um, Milwaukee has been terrible on defense this year. God off. Uh, Damian Lillard is a liability on defense, always has been, which is one of the reasons why, like, I've always said you need to put a defensive shooting guard next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it almost would have been better if they traded Chris Middleton instead of Drew Holiday. Uh, and just put Dame and Drew in the backcourt. But it is what it is. I like the Knicks a lot this year. I think this Knicks team is built for this kind of stuff where they're going to get up for it. Um, I think shots are going to be hard to come by in this game. So give me the under. Give me Knicks plus five and give me Knicks money line. Um, Do you agree or disagree with any of that? Uh, I agree. The only thing I would be nervous about would be the under. Uh, simply because you have guys, uh, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Giannis, you have guys that can go give you a 50-burger if they want. Regardless of how good a def- defense is, is there's certain guys you just can't you just can't stop if they're on. And this is one of those things where $500,000 on the line, I can see Brunson and Giannis both putting up 40-point games. I tonight. can see them playing tight as well. I, I can too as well. But what you talked about earlier and what we talked about last night is we're a little upset that we're seeing teams compete way harder than they would traditionally in regular season, which – it's kind of upsetting, but um, I don't know, man. I, I, I still think even if they're competing on the defensive end, it, it, bucket, the league is designed for high scoring. So that's why I'm saying that. Sure. All right. Fade the under. Yeah. Uh, Knicks are winning this game, though. Uh, and then I do have the in-season tournament odds. Um, even though the Pelicans are the only team actually in the semifinals, they still don't have the best odds to win it. The Bucks are the favorites at plus 300. The Pelicans plus 350. Lakers, Pacers. Uh, tied at plus 450, Phoenix plus 550, and the New York Knicks, uh, the disrespect, putting them at plus 900. Uh, the Indiana Pacers are also in the semifinals, just to let you know. Oh, no shit, duh. There's two games. <laughs> we just talked about it. Duh! But- um, yeah, so the bracket we have is obviously since we're, we're doing this the day after. So we already know the Pacers and Pelicans have advanced. We've now picked the Lakers and Knicks to advance. Um, look, man, it's Le- LeBron fans want this NBA cup. 
LeBron wants this for his team and for the money. And I think that he wants to say that he was the first ever to win it. Mm-hmm. And which all great motivations, by all great motivations. And then they're also going to use this to be like, oh, yeah, well, how many NBA cups does Jordan have? You know what I mean? Oh, so God, you already know those arguments are coming because that's all it ever is dominated by. So I think you getting Lakers plus 450 right now Solid money. is great money. The other team who has the same odds, the Indiana Pacers at plus 450, I have never seen a fan base and team be so behind one singular focus like this early in December before. Yeah. The I just want it for the Indiana Pacers organization. I want it for the fan base. I want it for, you know, everyone to to recognize the Indiana Pacers on, you know, a bigger stage and they are a name to watch out for in this postseason. Mm-hmm. So I like both of those plus 450 teams. Where's your head on on this? Uh, I like exactly what you said. Uh, LeBron and those boys playing for money. Uh, they had the highest point differential. Uh, they are a top 10 defense. Um yeah, I'd say that's safe money. Uh, Indiana Pacers, highest scoring offense in the league. Uh, record-setting pace, like you talked about earlier. I don't think it's sustainable. We'll see. Uh, so solid money. But me, personally, give me New York Knicks, baby. I fucking hate them. I'm a Sixers fan, and it's a big rival for us, but I don't care. I want to see those boys win. New York needs something. They got the Jets. They got the Giants. The Yankees. The Red, uh, Red I almost said Red Sox. Mets. Just a whole bunch of failure. And we know the Knicks aren't going to win the NBA championship. So let's go ahead and give them this NBA cup so the city of New York can fucking lose their mind for a bit. Yeah, I mean, they're 12-7 and right now, so they're a damn good ball team. You know, ball team, ball club. I don't know why I said ball team. I just Uh, – I just – I nobody's talking about them right now, even myself. But in doing research and prep for this episode, to see New York top 10 offense, top three defense, man, this this, – when, when we talked about earlier about that Joel trade to the Knicks, man, I might take that up, dude. If it all goes south, you know, <laughs> players so we can stay relevant for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, the Knicks, they still have their offensive challenges, right? So yeah. they have 110.9 points per game. Uh, and then their opponent's points per game is 105.5. They are on a 7-3 and three pace right now in their last 10. So the New York Knicks are, are playing red hot. Their offense is concerning to me. It always will be, and I, maybe it's just a byproduct of a Tom Thibodeau system, or they don't real, or they don't really have that guy who's going to go get you an easy mid-range jumper. You know, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul Georges, the LeBron James, the mm-hmm. Jason Tatum's, the Brandon Ingram's, the Demar Derozan's. Like they don't have anyone like that on that squad. Julius Randle's having his uh, his San Francisco Giants down year. He seems like he's good every other year, uh, and he's been struggling right now. He's probably turned around the woes. I haven't really dug into the statistics, but eyeballs and early statistics said that Julius Randle was struggling, similar to Zach Levine. Zach Levine is shooting 33% from three. He's shooting 42% from the field. Uh, like Those are not good numbers. Those are that's bad. <laughs> it's bad. For the standard he set for himself. It, it's bad. bad, and it's especially bad for the contracts attached to it. Right? It's yeah. bad for former all stars. Uh, that that's just a byproduct of it. So uh, Eric's taking the Knicks, uh, and then I'll take the Lakers to win the NBA Cup. Uh, it's all closing out this week. Uh, quarterfinals wrap today, Tuesday. 
Uh, you'll have the semifinals on Thursday, both games, and then you'll have the actual title game on Saturday. Yep. Uh, just to circle back to the episode where we originally discussed the NBA Cup, uh, Nicholas took Minnesota at plus 2,200 to win it, so he's an idiot. Uh, JC took we Oklahoma all, City at plus 2,200, 20 so you're an idiot. Hundreds. And I took Dallas at plus 2,200, and it was just unfortunate they didn't make it. I, I should be right, but... <laughs> Your team wasn't even in the running. The Thunder and Timberwolves were in the running. But we're, uh, but we're the idiots. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL Week 13 review. Eric, what are your two takeaways for the week? Uh, number one takeaway is bubble screens and slants will make you an MVP candidate, <coughs> Brock Purdy. Uh, and then the my second takeaway is um, uh, Jake Browning is the next $80 million man in Minnesota. So let's go ahead and just get him contract, get him signed over there. So we can get that man the Kirk Cousins love that he deserves. <laughs> Those are my takes. I don't. I I, I only watched two games this Dude, week. It was so. just all so angry. It's the only two games I watched. I'm fucking over football already. Uh, it's yeah, I'm over football. It's November already, but um, or now it's December, so I'm extra over football. I will say that the uh, everyone getting mad at the refs for the Packers no calls against the Kansas City Chiefs need to go watch other Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> games. Hilarious. It's almost as if a karmic repositioning happened and the Kansas City Chiefs got hit with everything in a meaningless Sunday night football game. Yeah. Uh look, the refs always and forever will miss calls. They want it that way so that way they can fix their shit and have the, the have it go the way they want it to go. Uh sometimes they don't always get it the way they want it to go, but you trust me the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL are all registered as entertainment businesses. Therefore, they can fix games. If you don't think some shenanigans is afoot with some of these calls. I always thought it was conspiracy and just hearsay or people just being mad. And then when we discussed it, actually, it's they're registered as entertainment companies. Yes. So they don't – the same rules don't apply to them. They don't – it doesn't apply. It's fucking outlandish. Of course they're rigging this shit. Yeah. It's the WWE with higher stakes. 100 with – And if you're not on YouTube, it's air quotes, higher stakes. Exactly. Fucking so it, it, it is what it is. Just let go of the refing decision, right? Yeah. Let it go. It's going to happen – your team's going to have three or four calls a game that go against him that you don't understand, and then you're not going to get three or four calls of the same shit. It's going to happen every week, and yet everyone continues to waste their breath and energy on it. I mean, breath and time on it. Yeah. Um, the I mean, I could go a lot of different ways here, but the Jesus Christ, Patrick Mahomes, if Tua and Lamar Jackson get hurt, Who's left at quarterback to compete with Patrick Mahomes, right? Because Trevor Lawrence is hurt now. I was just going to say Trevor Lawrence. Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow is hurt, right? This is setting up for Patrick Mahomes to get into the playoffs, and, and he's going to mollywop Jake Browning. Hey, don't hate on Jake Browning, bro. That oh, is the you. next quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> I guarantee it. Bro, honestly, we, and, we and, joked about this last night. I honestly 100 – I was thinking it like this guy could get signed by Minnesota. Listen, and when I, when I said he's the next $80 million man from Minnesota, I'm not being an asshole about it. That's a, I, he's probably not worth $80 million. At the time, it didn't feel like Kirk was, but Kirk's done nothing but put up fucking numbers, and he's just been let down by other players. So I got nothing but love for Kirk. Um, and I think it's an honor to be the next Kirk in Minnesota if you're Jake Browning. So <laughs> take it disrespectfully if you want. Certain people that I know are going to text me tomorrow about this, 
but I didn't mean it disrespectfully. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you did, liar. <laughs> <laughs> just, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Fucking liar. Stick to your guns. No, I actually do think Kirk Cousins is the most hated on for no reason quarterback in the league. All right, so since Nick's not here, give us your third takeaway. Uh, my third takeaway, even though I didn't watch too much football, I'll go ahead and say – uh, let me just scroll through the games here real quick and, and see something here. Right, I'll go first. Just, Justin Herbert, look, we got to stop putting him up there with all the other quarterbacks. Yeah. Yes, he makes the throws. Yes, he has the statistics. Yes, his wide receivers and running backs have some awful drops every year for him. Yeah. Until he starts to win big-time games. I know he just won 6-0. That's not a big-time game. But until he starts to win these big-time games by him, I'm not putting him up there with these other quarterbacks. Mm. He has a he has a worse primetime winning. He has He's below 500 primetime winning. One-score games the last, like, two, three years. He's below 500. Justin Herbert is getting $250 million damn near. Right, he's getting two hundred fifty million dollars damn year. For, hold on, hold on, two hundred fifty million dollars for six points against the Patriots. It's time to start holding him accountable. If we're gonna hold Dak Prescott accountable, if we're gonna bash Brock Purdy for doing exactly what needs to be done to win football games, if we're gonna trash Kirk Cousins, if we're gonna if we're gonna say Jalen Hurts isn't that good this year, if we're if we're gonna be out on Tua. Right, if we're gonna say Tua needs to be traded, the Miami Dolphins should go a completely different way. Don't forget that was the narrative around Tua. It's time to start addressing Justin Herbert accordingly, and I feel like that narrative has not changed. So I'm gonna to continue to harp on it until people actually understand Justin Herbert is getting paid like he is a X factor, game changing, difference maker. He is not showing up like that when the games count. Yeah. So. Come at me with Justin Herbert, but the, until he proves me wrong, that is going to be the narrative on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would like to argue with you because I, I picked the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> me too. I picked them. I picked Herbert to be MVP. I've done it multiple years in a row. I got nothing but love for the dude. But at this point, just retire, dude, because you can't win a football game that matters. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess my takeaway was, and I, I'm going to have to go with this one because I did catch like a, a good, you know, half of the game. So, um, the Packers. I, I think LaFleur's found a way to turn it around a little bit. I think people fucking threw in the towel on Jordan Love way too fucking early. Um, a couple starts into his actual career. You yeah. know what I mean? No big deal. And and my takeaway is not that the Packers are doing it. My takeaway is this. R-E-L-A-X. In the words of the great Aaron Rodgers, everybody needs to chill the fuck out for the first eight to nine weeks of the season because you don't know what's going to happen. People have slumps. People fucking look at the look at the Eagles. Fucking cruising, like barely winning games all year. Eagles fans are screaming the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And then it catches up to you, right? The reverse side. You could be having bad games, losing close games. Your run game's not established. You got an old lineman out, something, a key piece missing. How about we just chill? Let's get halfway through the season before we start making all these declarations and canceling people's careers and shit. Bro, it's the same thing Will Levis has. I mean, can you tell me how many starts Will Levis has in his career? I'm pretty sure it's four, but let me go look. (laughs) Bro. It's if we can count them on one hand, you should not be declaring somebody a bust. <laughs> you should not be saying they don't got it. Like Tennessee just traded up to get him. They spent a second round pick on him. How about we give him a full slate of games before we declare him not having it? 
It's it's unreal, like how quickly everyone everyone just has to be first to everything. They just have to they have to be first on everything, and you have to make sweeping declarations on players. He's a rookie this year, right? This he just got drafted. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Correct. So, six games. So he has six starts. Actually, and one of them, I think he came in in relief because Ryan Tannehill got hurt. So it's not even six starts. It's six games, five starts. Look, dude, five five starts, six games, seven touchdowns, two interceptions with a 57% completion percentage. We can probably get that up a little bit. But, dude, 57% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked 19 times, so it's got awful. But, I mean, he's, that's not piss poor. That's not like – that's not losing you games. He's not throwing picks like he's fucking Tim Boyle at fucking UConn. He's actually looked pretty good. Yeah, like, dude, let's just let's just chill, bro. Everybody just take a chill pill and just let the season play out before you start crucifying people. If it's if it's Derek Carr, right, and we've seen him for ten years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say something. Will Levis has six games. You don't even know what you don't know in six games. How like, could you? Bryce Young, bust. People are already labeling him bust. And I, and I, and it goes for both sides. We're not going to label Bryce Young and Will Levis bust, and we're not going to label C.J. Stroud a goat yet, okay? Let's give it's them three late. or four fucking years of whatever they do before we start putting titles or saying or maybe not three years for a bust. Like, if you're a quarterback and you can't get it together in, like, two or three years, get the fuck out. Two, two years. You get two years. You get yeah. you get 34 games Just at, a, at, a, at, like, maybe that's maximum. Right, you could probably tell him at the 18 game mark. Like, but, like Jordan Love probably has 11 starts total in his career. So, well, I, no, he has he started every game this year. So he probably has 17 starts. We don't know what we don't know about him. Will Levis has a 31 year old alpha wide receiver. That's the only motherfucker who seems to be able to do anything offensively. He's got a 30 year old running back. Right. He has no offensive line. Bryce Young, same fucking thing. 31-year-old wide receiver is his alpha, right? His offensive line is using the swinging gate technique. He's only started 13 games, by the way. Yeah. that's It's just crazy. It's just so crazy for us to just sit here and be like, to to just already say they're bad. Yeah. I I just, as as a fan, when it comes to the Eagles, I am very – I'm very all over the place. Like, after Sunday's loss, I was like, blow it up, sell Jalen, fucking sell the franchise. I was mad. But that's just the in-the-moment anger type thing. When you sit back and look at it, we're still a 10-2 team, right? There's no reason to fucking say they're not Super Bowl contenders anymore or they are Super Bowl contenders. How about we just play out the rest of the season and see how it fucking goes? How can you say they're not a Super Bowl contender when they lost to a Super Bowl contender but just beat Super Bowl contenders? Relax. It is one game. It is and, one game. And not I don't want to st- get stuck on this game because I'm a fan of the team, but also this was their regular season Super Bowl for the Niners. This is the game they had circled on their calendar. This is what they've been talking about all year, crying about Bradbury can't cover, crying about Brock Purdy wouldn't have been injured. Well, they blocked for him. But anyway, so this was a big game for them, and I think they came out with way more energy. And also, if we see them again in the playoffs, it's hard to win twice against the same team. So we'll see. Yeah, it's one game. It's one, one game. game. It doesn't mean the, the Eagles' 10 wins are no longer valid, right? It doesn't invalidate anything we've done. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. 
the Dallas Cowboys have one win against a 500 team and they're crowning Dak MVP and saying that, oh, the Dallas Cowboys are the team to beat. It's just like, look, relax. It's one game. They are red hot right now. They beat one team over 500. Let's see them play Philly. Let's see them play Buffalo. Let's see them play Miami. Let's see this schedule play out. Yeah. You may be right. Dallas may be the team to beat. Yeah. We don't know right now. Like, take a fucking breath, everyone. And now, with that being said, I'm out on Josh Allen and the Bills. I said that at the beginning of the year. I don't just, blame you, dude. Just, just, just saying. All right, so NFL pick them records right now. Nick is 56-52-2. I'm 52-69-4. And Eric's 11-19. and 19. Uh, We're going to get into the NFL Week 14 preview. Uh, Nick's Nuggets for the week. I won't go through what what the logic is on these. I'm just going to give you the bets that he has. Obviously, he's four games above 500 with two pushes right now. Uh, So he's taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Atlanta Falcons over 39. He's taking Detroit minus three. Chicago team total over 20. Detroit versus Chicago over 40 and a half points. Carolina plus five and a half. I wow, Nick is on uh, board with that. That's crazy. Can I uh, tell you here, Carolina and New Orleans last five games spread has been inside five points. No, yeah, absolutely. No, I actually uh, spoiler alert, Eric. You can go ahead and put this in. I think Carolina wins this football game. Carolina. I don't think Derek Carr plays. Okay. And the New Orleans Saints defense is old and tired. Uh, I'm not, you know, there might be a little bias here because I want Dennis Allen to be fired yeah, and I want a top 10 pick. So maybe that's why I'm picking this, mm-hmm. but also like from what I've seen from the saints, look, we lost by five to the lions, but we were down 21 zero in the first seven minutes of the football game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a good ball club. The injuries are mounting up. Malcolm Roach is hurt. Cam Jordan's hurt. Marshawn Lattimore is on IR. Michael Thomas is on IR. Rashid Shahid's out. Uh, you know, Jawan Johnson was it was hurt most of the season now he's back Kendra Miller is out like we have offensive linemen out DeMario Davis is hurt he's he's missed like one game his entire career and that guy's hurt like there's just we're we're fucked everywhere on the field and if Jameis Winston has to come in to a football game and be the starter there's one thing that opposing teams like more than playing against Jameis Winston uh, and that's winning football games. That's the only thing they like more. That dude's guaranteed to give you two picks and short fields. So it's a very it's a very good bet in my opinion. So the very next uh, bet for Knicks Nuggets is Baltimore minus seven, Minnesota minus three, Seattle versus San Francisco over 47, San Francisco minus 10 and a half, Buffalo plus two and a half. What is going on with Seattle? Seattle was just eight and a half point dogs against Dallas, and they dropped 32 on them, didn't they? Uh, they dropped. They dropped thirty five because the game was forty one thirty five, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, forty one is a lot of points, but like we're we're minus ten and a half. Why is the spread so fucking big? Uh, Buffalo plus two and a half. Buffalo money line. Denver versus Las Vegas under forty four. Philly versus Dallas over fifty three. Dallas minus three and a half. Dallas over twenty nine. Team total. And last but not least, Miami minus thirteen. Uh, just to give some, just because I know Nick puts a lot of work into there, so I'm, I'm going to be a little respectful of that, and just to give you guys some things here. So for the Tampa Bay-Atlanta game, the over is 39. He said play it up to 47. Um, the total has not been less than 47 in the last five years. Uh, moving into Detroit, 
Um, for that one, he took Detroit minus three, Chicago team total over 20, uh, which means Detroit team total would need to be over 23. Um, so the autoplay is over 40 and a half. So there's money there is the Detroit minus three, Chicago over 20, um, the over 40 and a half, and might as well just take Detroit over 23 if you think all oh, that's going to play out. Uh, moving into um, the Seattle, Seattle, San Francisco game, uh, the over is 47. He said play it to 49. Uh, little stats here for you. Uh, faves with a greater than 9.5 spread are 18 and 13 against the spread and 26 and 5 straight up this year. Uh, the over in these games is 21 and 10. That's a 68% win percentage. Uh, in this matchup, the over has been greater than 47 for the last five. San Francisco is 10, 4 and 1 since 2019 with the rest disadvantage. And Seattle is 5 and 7 with a rest advantage. Um, I just want to make sure you guys have all the information there. Nick put a lot of work into it. Uh, and then, um, for the Denver, did we already talk about Denver LAC, or did we stop at Buffalo? I've already read all his. Oh, books. you read all, yeah. So Denver LAC or Los Angeles Chargers, three of the last five, uh, five under forty-four. Uh, the highest scoring total being thirty-five. Uh, the under set at forty-four. Play that all the way to thirty-five if you're confident in it. Philly Dallas. Philly's on a five-game losing streak in Dallas. Uh, in those five games, the total has been at least fifty-three, and Dallas has scored at least twenty-nine. That's why we're taking Dallas minus three and a half. Dallas uh, team total over twenty-nine. Um, and, uh, sorry, last stat here for you. Um, Dallas scored at least when also when playing a rest advantage. The, okay. The Cowgirls are 11 and four with the rest advantage and the Eagles are seven and nine with a rest disadvantage. And then the last game here, uh, Miami faves with greater than 9.5 point spread are 18 and 13, uh, 26 and five on the season, uh, 26 and five straight up on the season. The over in this game is the over in these games is 21 and 10, 68%. Miami minus 13. He didn't give us anything on the over, though. Okay. Yeah, I just he, – he typed it all up. And we want to give – we've been giving people stats all year on it. I want to make sure they keep getting the same information. Yeah, he's not them. here to give them, though. That's why. We're already <laughs> at 120, so I was trying to speed it up. All right. But, yeah, those that's the logic. It's the same logic he's used all year. Yeah. Right? So if you've been listening to the podcast, the same Knicks Nuggets have been leveraged all year. So – that's why we we didn't read them, but Eric, Eric put the information out for you. Use it as you will. Eric, let's go ahead and go through this slate here. We'll go with the first Thursday night football game. Uh, we're just going to abstain. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I mean, it's Patriots-Steelers. Who the fuck wants to see this football game? I'm not watching. Look at the over-under. 30. 30 points. Yeah. So just to be spiteful, give me the under 30. I fucking cannot believe that this is a third. Why would Amazon pay money for these football games? It's an awful, awful football game. Uh, very next game, you have the Houston Texans taking on the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> but it's it's an interesting dynamic. I think Houston wins the football game. Uh, five and a half is a lot of points. We don't even know who the goddamn quarterback is. But the Jets' defense is legit. Uh the Texans probably could cover this. Uh, the Jets will continue to not score points, so give me the under 33. New York Jets versus Houston. Uh, Detroit Lions have one of the worst red zone defenses in football this season, <clears throat> as evidenced by the New Orleans Saints going 0 for 5 versus Atlanta in the red zone and then going 4 for 4 versus Detroit in the red zone. Uh, give me the over 40 and a half in this ball game and give me the Detroit Lions minus three. I think Justin Fields keeps it close, but in the end of the, at the end of the day, he'll 
they'll Chicago will make one interception or one sack or one fumble or one running back hit behind the line of scrimmage that will cost them the football game. Uh, we see it week in and week out from this ball club. Uh, next you have the Rams versus Ravens, the Los Angeles Rams with a running game. I will continue to say this as long as Sean McVay has a running running game are in all games. Uh, do I think the Rams win this ball game? Absolutely not. Uh, I'll take the over 40 and the Rams plus seven because I think I think the Rams can have a late backdoor cover in this ball game. Uh, very next game, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cleveland Browns. The quarterback matchup of C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco, the one that we all circled the schedule for. Uh, give me the under 30 and a half in this ball game, And I am actually going to take uh, – well, I'll put that in a parlay. But I think Cleveland wins this ballgame, so I'm going to take that minus 155 parlay. Uh, give me Carolina Panthers plus five. Give me over 37 and a half. And um, in this game, anytime touchdown scorer for Alvin Kamara and anytime touchdown scorer for Jonathan Mingo, uh, they understand that they have one win on the season and they have decided to stop running Adam Thielen, 31-year-old Adam Thielen, out there for 100, 100% snaps, having him do wind sprints or give him some time off. And they've been moving towards Jonathan Mingo. You've seen an uptick in produ production. And I think with Marshawn Lattimore and the way that the Saints defense is being exposed lately, I think Jonathan Mingo can get a score. Um, I might have to start giving out some anytime touchdowns for, for players in these games. It's pretty good at them. Uh, Colts, Bengals, Colts money line. Uh, I love it. I, the Col Look, the, the Colts buy points on the over-under. The Colts defense – the average Colts game is oh is 50 points this year. That's the average, right? So 40 over under is crazy. Give me the over 40, buy points, hit over 45 if you want. Fa fantastic value there. I'm going to take the Colts money line. I just like what Gardner Minshew's been doing with this Colts. There's more, there's more pedigree through the season on this. And we see this with backup quarterbacks, right? Jake Browning just had the Monday night football Tom Brady performance running out of that, <laughs> running out of that locker room. Uh, and in the very next game, we're going to see him throw three interceptions and have a 50% completion rate, right? So we see these yo-yo games from some of these backup quarterbacks. So I'm going to go ahead and ride the Gardner Minshew train here. Uh, Tampa Bay, I'm going to take the Buccaneers money line at plus 114. And I think – what was Nick's nugget on this one? He went over on this, right? Which one? Yeah, I think I'm going to go over on this one, Tampa Bay versus Atlanta. Hopefully Arthur Smith gets his head out of his ass and, and throws the football. Um uh, but you know New York Jets defense, you know it's it's tough. It's legitimate, so I, I won't hold that too much against them. Give me the over under in the San Francisco 49ers Seattle Seahawks game, uh, forty seven, and you know I guess I'll you know Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker are are hurt right now. You said under forty seven. No over. Oh over over. I was like okay. No, dude. Anytime San Francisco has all their weapons, they can score thirty in a ball game. Yeah, on so, slants and bubble screens. 
<laughs> well, if your linebackers can tackle. No, it works. I, I'm hating on it because it beat my team, but it clearly works. The Patriots did it for 20 years. Now they're doing it, and they're crushing it. Yeah, and that's what's so funny is everyone gets mad at it. Everyone's just like, oh, I could – like, uh, what, what did I see today? Michael Parsons has a show, which is just nonsense, because and, and, and it's with Bleacher Report, so they just inundate me with his goddamn fucking takes. But he – I guess in defense of Dak being the MVP, it's easy to throw slants and bubble screens uh, in reference to Tua and Brock Purdy. What fucking games are you watching, bro? Like, Tua is airing the ball out every fucking play. And Brock Purdy is hitting fucking tight window throws to Brandon Ayuk on the sideline over and over again. Like, yeah, Debo can house shit for sure. Christian McCaffrey can pick up 30 yards. But to say that these guys aren't hitting big-time throws is fucking bonkers. No, no, I, I, I totally, totally, totally agree with you that it's disrespectful to sit here and say that they're limited to just bubble screens and, and all that because they're they're clearly so much more than that. Uh, but it's the method in which they beat people, is, is which is fantastic. Again, this is game planning, this is scheming, and I don't hate it. Like, I wish my team could execute it a little bit better. But a lot of their points, a lot of their stuff comes from – yards after catch from the receivers, but they went and drafted these guys for that reason. So let's not fucking sit here and crucify a team for having the type of player they want, for getting that player, and for that player executing, and for them running the offense the way it's supposed to be ran. So I, it, it, If it's just slants and bubble screens, then how the fuck did the Dallas Cowboys not stop everything if it's 10 yards, if it's if it's within 10 yards? Because no, that's what he's saying. Yeah, it's, it's all bullshit. He's People saying that it just fucking blows my mind. Just hype your boy Dak up. Why you got to tear other people down? Brock Purdy balled the fuck out. Should he be an MVP favorite? Absolutely. He's been fucking balling out all year. No, uh, <laughs> this It's just crazy, dude. It's crazy how everyone just gets belittled. If everyone could do it, then everyone would do it, right? Why is Bryce Young not succeeding on slants and bubble screens? I, like I said, I gave them all their respect before I went on the rent. Like they drafted the players they wanted. They have a scheme. They fit the, those players fit that scheme and they execute it perfect, like perfectly. I, I respect all that, uh, but I'm going to hate on it because they beat my team. Fucking I'm not and, talking about you. Are you just talking about people? I'm talking about Micah Parsons and the media. Oh, people are just angry. People are just haters. He's Mr. Irrelevant and they want to, they just don't want to give him the credit for the work he's put in. And if he was a black quarterback, oh my God. He'd already had four MVPs and he's only played and two years. That is a polarizing opinion in its own right. So, like, that's just crazy. Um, oh my God. If I, if a young black quarterback was doing what Brock Purdy was doing, he'd already be Jesus. Bro. Uh, <laughs> he, it, it, every guy would have a chain of him. Whatever. Let's not get into it. Yeah. It's, it, it, with ESPN, with mainstream media, that's the way it would be. Everyone yeah. else is going to call it the way they're going to call it. But with mainstream media, and my goodness, he he would be everywhere. Brock Purdy is a rookie. He has started now. He has finally started one season of games. And he's been outstanding that whole time. Mm -hmm. And I bet you people are still going to say, oh, I'd rather have C.J. Stroud instead of Brock Purdy. Yeah, some people did. Uh, also, um, the only thing that I think is going to be a problem for Brock Purdy is the near retire the upcoming retirement of Trent Williams. That'll be devastating to him. But other than that, that dude's going to be just fine. They have a first round pick. They don't have needs anywhere else except for the secondary. They do have needs in the secondary. And the rest of the O line's chopped up outside of Trent Williams. That O line is very good. That's why they let Mike McGlinchey walk in the offseason. 
I, I they've been struggling this year. Apparently, I guess they they struggled more in the games where Trent was out. So I guess that <laughs> yeah, is just like the Eagles struggled without Lane Johnson. Dude, we're undefeated with Lane Johnson. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a minus seventy five. <laughs> like, yeah, great players will swing statistics for sure. Like that's so funny. Uh, let's get into this Vikings Raiders game. I love how everyone is immediately out on Josh Dobbs. Like, the dude is not allowed to have a bad game because he's a journeyman quarterback. The minute he has a bad game as a journeyman quarterback, it's everyone's out on it. Uh, give me Vikings minus three. I like it. I, 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 th- I think their coach is fantastic. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be back, and they're coming off a bye. So I'll take the Minnesota Vikings off a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're three-point favorites heading into Vegas. Um, and Brian Flores is coaching up that defense. Uh, absolutely. I don't – if Aiden O'Connell is still the quarterback, I'm not worried about it. Minnesota minus three. Uh, Bills, Chiefs, all I know is over 47 and a half. <laughs> that, that, that is what I'm going to take. These two ball out when they play each other. Uh, anytime touchdown score for Rashi Rice – and anytime touchdown score for Gabe Davis. That's right. I know the much maligned Gabe Davis because you can't count on him in fantasy. But I think Gabe Davis gets a touchdown this week. Also, uh, Dalton Kincaid, anytime touchdown score. It's it's crazy to me that this is the best defense Patrick's ever had, and he's struggling the most this year. Yeah, so this brings me to the point that I asked in our text chat. Does Matt Nagy need to be fired? Yes, 100%. So he's so for those of you who don't know why I'm asking this, uh, Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator. He left to Washington. Eric Bieniemy arguably last year had worse weapons than this year. I know Travis Kelsey's gotten hurt, but I mean the number one wide receiver last year was Juju Smith-Schuster, and I, <laughs> what has Juju Smith-Schuster done this year? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling has just dropped footballs. So. Yeah, I think I think Eric B. Like Matt Nagy might be the problem. Um, I, I do think I do think because Andy Reid's had success throughout his whole career, right? He's, he's very rarely does he have a down year. He is okay with giving up play calling duties to OCs, and Bianami had it for what three, four years? I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was two years two before years. he left because people still didn't still didn't uh, value him. Okay, uh, well, I'm just saying, I, I think. We saw what Nagy did with what the Bears, um, which wasn't much, and and I, I, mean, I he made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Maybe I, I don't know. I think he <laughs> should be gone because you can't have this quarterback and this talent and this O line and this defense and be oh dude they're what eight and three I can't remember, or nine and three I can't remember. eight and four they're eight and four I can't honestly dude I don't know it's 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 a tough question I would fire him just because I hate him but. Uh, Maybe he shouldn't get fired. What maybe we're doing? What have you seen from a clay play calling perspective that says Matt Nagy should stay? That is the question that you should ask. Nothing. The way he's deploying wide receivers, where each wide receiver is only getting about fifty percent of snaps. Pick two, pick three, and roll with them. Like stop breaking up rhythm and chemistry and subbing out all these people and trying to be cute and running these side screens with Kadarius Tony and Sky Sky Moore, these end arounds. It's not working. The play calling is not working. Patrick Mahomes is literally making magic out of these play calls. And the rookie coming on in Rashi Rice has really bailed them out. He's the one player who can catch and run right now. Travis Kelsey is hampered. He can't catch and run right now. 
Rashi Rice is the one player who can catch and run, which is what Brock Purdy gets knocked for. But now you're seeing how it's affecting Patrick Mahomes because he doesn't he doesn't have anyone who can catch and run. Yeah. So it's so fucking fascinating how people dissect all these teams and they just don't keep it consistent. Yeah. Uh, so Kansas City, I'll take them minus two and a half because they're at home and it seems like Patrick Mahomes is Josh Allen's number. Uh, I'll take Broncos money line in the next one. I'll take the over 44 in that ball game. Uh, I'll take the over 53 in the Eagles Cowboys ball game. All right, fam. I need you to slow down like one, like a, like a tiny bit here. You said Philly versus Dal- uh, Dallas over 53? Correct. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Is Derrick Henry out? Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Uh, give me Miami Dolphins minus 13 because uh, fuck the Titans. All right. Uh, and oddly enough, I'm going to assume Derrick Henry's out. I'm going to go under 47 and a half. Oh, under 47.5. All right. Give me, uh, under 37 in the Packers giants game and give me, oh man, give me Packers minus seven. Playoff team right there, baby. I actually really like Jordan Love, so I, I thought he was good coming out of the draft. I think he's – I thought he played well initially to start the season, and then you looked at his stats and you're like, oh, man, he's not really playing that well, and then it showed up yeah. <laughs> on the on the, on the the film. And then since the bye, Jordan Love has been fantastic. He has. This is this is what we were talking about earlier. Like everybody wrote him off, and he's playing fucking fire right now. I know. It's a, it's almost like imagine a good head coach <laughs> with time, yeah, right, and a player with time playing. It's almost like whoa, whoa. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine you give the kids time to play football and learn at the speed of football. I will say this. I think I maybe I heard it. Uh, when you were watching Pat McAfee, but Aaron Rodgers didn't make the playoffs with this Packers team last year. Yeah. And Jordan love has them 500 ball club right now, despite starting two and five, I think in their first seven games, they're now six and six. So there's also there's six and six with wins over Detroit, Kansas city and the Chargers, although the Chargers, I guess it's not. That's, that. not, it's nah, not that impressive. that's a W for everybody the rest of the year. Dude, <laughs> dude fuck fade, Los Angeles fade the Chargers. I'm so hot at them. Uh, <laughs> dude. Unreal. Uh, it's fucking bonkers, dude. Uh, that So Eric says that he doesn't have any bets. Run a little, ran a little long today. It seems to happen when it's just two people. Yeah, they just get caught up in it. Everyone gets room to breathe and actually say what they want because Nick's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to. You beat me too. Uh, anytime I could take a shot, I will. Uh, that was a million and ten bets from me. So that means my uh, I'm gonna miss on all of them. Don't forget to subscribe to podcast motto hashtag fade us. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at podcast room three zero three. I've been your host Jermaine Colon Mendez. This has been my executive producer, the EPE. We'll see you next time. When you come on down and step into the room.